Hey, you know, one true fact is that podcasts are growing like crazy. There's a good reason for this. They're a highly engaging method to reach a target audience. True Wealth Investors is growing as a result of more people knowing who I am and how I can help them. Growth Podcasting is the one I rely on to help me reach more listeners. They're a digital marketing agency that does one thing very well. They help podcasts grow. Marketing a podcast is a skill that's difficult to master and it's why so many podcasts go unheard of. Growth podcasting are experts at this skill. If you want to start a podcast or you want your podcast to reach more people, then go to growthpodcasting.com today. Learn more about what they offer. Trust me, it's worth it. I couldn't be doing this without them. Check out growthpodcasting.com today. Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast. They show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. Last episode, we talked about some key things to consider when you get started in real estate. And today, we're going to talk about financing deals in real estate. So many new investors or people who want to get in, into investing seem to struggle with how to finance their deals. And they stress over not having enough money or very much money and feel like financing and the money aspect is a huge hurdle. So we're gonna go over kind of ways to finance different types of deals. Wholesaling is an entryway to get into uh, real estate. It doesn't take very much money. It takes a lot of education to be good at it, and it takes a lot of different skills. I talked about a little bit of that in the last episode. But as far as financing a wholesale deal, the easiest way is to do an assignment of contracts. You sign a contract with the seller, and then you essentially sell that contract. So if you get a house under contract for 30, you find a buyer who is willing to pay 40, then they're going to pay $10,000 to you to purchase that contract on $30,000, if that makes sense. So you don't technically need a lot of money for that deal because you're just collecting a fee for uh, signing the contract. The next one is flipping. Um, Generally, flipping a house is a short-term thing, and so people don't use banks generally. Most common probably is hard money. Hard money lenders are used to the short-term nature of flips, and they'll lend based on the house, not necessarily based on the investor's credit score or financial situation. And hard money lenders like to turn through those deals. So if you build your business and are doing a lot of flips, they'll really support that. Another one is private money. Private money is very easy to do short-term and would work well with a flip. Um, Also, some people like to partner on flips. So maybe you don't have very much money, but you're real active and you're going to go find the deal and you're going to manage the renovations and you have somebody to partner with who doesn't want to be very active, but they have money to invest. You can partner together and then split the proceeds or divide up the proceeds however you agree. And last night at a uh, real estate meeting, I met someone who was doing flips with seller financing. I haven't heard too many people do that, but that's another option. They would 
they would sign a land contract with a seller who didn't have the money to make repairs on their house. And then they would make the repairs and sell the house retail, paying off the contract. So that's another idea. All right, buy and hold. Buy and hold, a lot of people think is is more difficult to finance because you want to keep that money in the deal. It's not a short-term transactional type of deal. It's a long-term deal. So, I mean, obviously the most traditional way to finance real estate, buy and hold real estate, is with a bank. If you don't have very many bank loans, you have a W-2 from a job, then a lot of times it's easy to get that bank loan for your rental. And one way a lot of people like to do it now is house hacking. So you can buy a, a, a small multi-unit, say a double or four unit, and you can get a FHA loan where you only have to put 3% down. You live in one unit, you rent out uh, the other units, and pretty much that'll make your payment and you'll get to make some money too. So that's a real good way to get started. A lot of people uh, like that as an entry-level way to get into buy and hold. Um, you can also use hard money for buy and hold. If you have a deal that you have to close on very quickly, um, you can use hard money to buy it. And then you would just need to refinance it out in six months, nine months, whatever the terms are for that hard money. You can use private money um, to finance your deals. And private money is so flexible you can use it a number of different ways. So you can use it similar to hard money to purchase the house up front, do renovations, and then refinance. You can use private money for long-term financing. Uh, many private lenders are happy to get a fixed rate of return over 15 years, 20 years. They like that income. And you can even do private money with no payments while you're rehabbing the house. There's so much flexibility in it um, that really gives you a lot of options. And if you are interested in the Burr method, buying, rehabbing, renting, refinancing, private money is really a great tool for you to do the Burr method. Um, another way to finance deals is seller financing. And there's a few different methods for seller financing. You can get real creative with it. Most common one is a land contract. You can do a subject to deal. You can do an owner held mortgage. Um, there's different ways. And in upcoming episode, I'll talk about those in more detail. Just know that a way to finance the deal is where the seller gives you financing. And really, it doesn't take very much money out of your pocket at all. And additionally, there's always the opportunity to partner with somebody. Like we talked about with a flip, if you don't have much money, but you're active and want to uh, manage or deal with the rental and you have a partner who doesn't want to be active, but they have money, you could partner together and they're the financing partner and you're the active partner. And that's another way to do it. If you're going into apartments or you're wanting to buy larger apartments, then a lot of times big apartment complexes are financed through syndication. So syndication is a more complicated way to finance deals, but it's where you file with the SEC, you pool together money from different partners. The partners have different 
um, responsibilities and roles. So some partners are going to contribute cash. You may have uh, partners who get loans and qualify for the financing. You have other partners who bring the deal. Essentially, the uh, equity in that deal is distributed among the different partners based on the role you have. Um, but that's a way to get into large projects. Uh, there's a whole bunch of ways to finance your real estate. And really, when you get into it, a lot of these ways don't take very much of your own money, right? When uh, investing in real estate, if you want to scale, eventually you need to learn how to use other people's money, OPM. I hope that helps. I hope uh, after listening to this, you get some ideas for ways to finance your properties or finance your deals because really it's open-ended. Financing shouldn't be a hindrance uh, to building your real estate business or growing your real estate portfolio because it's just a matter of getting creative, talking to the right people, and structuring deals the right way. Hope that helps. Get out there and do it. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey.